list health is something that you get into more as you like really study email marketing and are in the space longer. Having a lot of emails doesn't necessarily make a strong email program. If you're at all curious what it's like to start an ad agency at the worst possible time, this might be the podcast for you. That's because I started one last year and my God, it is hard. So what I'm doing is I'm talking to people who have found success in our industry and then applying what I learned to my own life and business. If it doesn't work, I'm screwed. We got a great guest today. His name is Max Johnson. I'll introduce him in a little bit. Uh, Before we do, as usual, just a quick gush update. Today, I just wanted to update you guys on personnel, human capital, people that are working for me, but more with me, I think. So it's just been me, you know, really at this top level with a bunch of freelancers, you know, working under me. And I've been looking for partners to help me think about what is Gush, what is Gush 2.0, putting a business plan together, uh, having a creative collaborator and partner. And so I found the two people that are helping me do that. One is somebody, I I started looking for a business partner a while ago. Uh, I had somebody who was great, but ultimately was able to find somebody who is great as well, but just has a bit more experience building an agency. And the way I found her is through LinkedIn. Finding people through LinkedIn, through their job recruiter, it's free. And I don't work for LinkedIn. This isn't like a all of a sudden I'm getting sponsors and stuff like that. I sure am not. Uh, but it's amazing. I put a little bit of money behind it to advertise, but you don't need to. We got like 500 applicants for like the what we were calling a COO type of position. And she really stuck out. And then as soon as I have one meeting with her, I was like, this is the girl. And she quit her job. I believe when I'm recording this, uh, she put in her 30 days notice a couple days ago, but she's telling the full team that she runs today. And kind of the reason, one of the reasons I like her just besides the vibe that we have and, and uh, getting to hang out and get to know each other is that she's taking an agency that had an arm of the agency in the U.S. that wasn't doing well. And she was brought in to turn it around and she did. So she's really good at a lot of things, including the strategy and and reacting to creative as a creative person and as a, a not creative person and, you know, just really wearing a bunch of different hats to help be another sounding board for us on our, our product. But she really knows how to, to run a business. And I have less experience there. I just shoot from the hip and go from intuition. And that's helped me a lot. And I trust it. And I think I'm... I'm good to an extent, but you know, I, I really need a partner at that level who has the business in mind and can help me put together a vision and a business plan and all that sort of stuff. She's proven to be able to do a lot more, which is great, but um, that's one of the partners. So that's cooking. And we got another guy, uh, or sorry, a guy, the other one's a girl, who is going to be my creative partner and has been my creative partner essentially for the last like three months we've been working together. Again, another person I found on LinkedIn. Um, this time I didn't have to pay anything. I just put a free job post out. And I wasn't looking for a partner. I wasn't even looking for somebody senior. But he really liked the idea of a comedy ad agency. He was willing to essentially help me build it for a lot less. He's no joke. I hope he doesn't hear this because he's going to get an ego about it. Probably not. He's a pretty pretty level-headed guy. But he is the best 
creative I have ever worked with. He is so good. And we just made it official yesterday. So with the designer, I had been working with him for, you know, three or four months. With the business partner, I had been working with her for about a month before we like solidified everything and met up in person. And it's crazy how much you know somebody via like Zoom and everything. Like you can see them, you can hear them and all all of that. And it just was, there was no difference. It was like, oh, yep, I recognize you because I've seen you a bunch of times. I've heard you a bunch of times. I know what your personality is. The only thing I didn't know is your height, but even that was pretty on point. So right now we're going through the process of really trying to figure out how to position ourselves potentially in a new way. And we have something that's really exciting that I'm looking forward to sharing as it matures a bit. Anyways, just wanted to share that I'm not all alone anymore. I've got two cooks in the kitchen with me, three cooks total, and super stoked about it. Let's hop into our guest today. So I have been looking to try and get a better understanding of how to put a marketing plan together, how to really get practical about creative and making sure you know we can drive results and thinking holistically about, okay, a client hires us to do strategy and branding and also wants us to help take them to market, how are we going to start to generate sales in the short term as we do this long-term cool marketing stuff? Is it possible? Blah, 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 blah. And so I reached out to Max because he did all the the email marketing for um, Hillary Clinton's campaign, was a speaker at Adweek, Adweek's Disruptor Series, and he you know, he just is super, super smart, young guy, but super smart. And we ended up really digging into email marketing. He has his own business now. It's a, it's a jewelry company. It's called Awe Inspired. And he's built that from like an email list with them from like nothing to a ton. And it's really healthy list. And I know email marketing based on trends, based on my art, my experience working with Friction Labs is an extremely effective tool. And if we can be generating revenue for clients with something that's like very effective while also using that to invest in other cool stuff that maybe is more long-term, that's super valuable to me. So we had a really in-depth conversation, mostly about email marketing, which is super important right now. And this is definitely one of the more practical conversations we we've had on the on the podcast or I've had on the podcast. I personally got a ton of useful tidbits about how to effectively run an uh, email marketing campaign, what specifically to do, what to watch out for, that sort of thing. And it's particularly valuable now. So hopefully it is helpful to you as well. Without further ado, Max Johnson. You did email marketing for Hillary Clinton's campaign? I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what goes into running a successful email marketing campaign? There's a couple challenges when you're building an email marketing program. Obviously, the first is like starting the list at all. Um, and so there's a number of ways that people will try to grow their list. And there's quicker ways to growing it. There's slower ways to growing it. You know, you have your standard pop-up on your e-commerce site or on whatever website you have, a pop-up with some sort of offer, join our list to receive X benefit or X kind of discount. Um, That's a pretty like tried and true way people will uh, grow their list size. And 
theoretically, it should be getting you semi-qualified leads. Ideally, the people who are coming to your website are interested in your service or in the product you have, and they're going to join this list and they're not going to unsub, hopefully not ever, and hopefully not right away. Hopefully you'll get a moment to introduce yourself and you know, to have a bit of a sale process and convert that lead. This is using um, a promo-based offer to build your list, right? The promo definitely accelerates. It'll get you people who like, okay, I actually see some monetary value in signing up for this list. But list health is something that you get into more as you like really study email marketing and are in the space longer, having a lot of emails doesn't necessarily make a strong email program. You can have a multi hundred thousand person list. And if none of those people are opening your emails or interested in what you have to say, Google and Outlook and whatever client is receiving the emails, they're seeing that data. They see that like no one gives a fuck about what emails you're sending them and is in opening them. And they're going to put you in that like promotions tab. They're going to put you in that spam folder. So the health of your list is really important. So, you know, yes, you want to use an incentive maybe to get people on that list, but you really need to be mindful of like, are these actual qualified leads? If you are offering a service for, I don't know, a consultancy and you say, sign up for my list, I'm going to give you $10 off on a $10 Amazon gift card. It's like, who's not going to sign up for that list? That person's probably not going to read any of your emails because they're not qualified. So having a big list just for the sake of the numbers can actually have a really adverse effect on the performance of your email program. So just to yeah. dig into that for a second. Mm-hmm. So if you build a big list, um, does Google recognize even the people that are willing to read the emails? Does it recognize that the majority of people aren't and puts that into a spam folder for everybody that's a part of the list? Is that how it's negative? Exactly. Yeah. You know, Google has a number of attributes that it associates with you. And you can actually look up, there's ways you can see who Google thinks you are. So Usually, you know, it has somewhat of an accurate idea of that, like what gender you are and where in the country you are and kind of your interests. Sometimes it's wildly off, but usually it's pretty accurate. And yeah, they'll see, you know, okay, women in this part of the country at this age, like don't like these emails. We're not going to put it in their inbox. We're going to put it into the promotions tab. It's not cut and dry. Like the second, you know, people you reach like 80% unopens that you get demoted. There's a lot more nuance to it, but yeah, in general, you want to be really mindful of like the health of your list. Do you know what the open rate needs to be? Is it is that a clear-cut thing or? It's not, no. Um, you really just need to look at it and nurture it over time. And it, and it's also not like once you are moved into the, this promotional like purgatory <laughs> that you're stuck there. There are ways to like regain the uh, authority of your, of your list and of your domain. So it, not all is lost. Over time, you, you call your list. There's all different kinds of flows that a proper email program has. Re-engagement flows, for example, if someone doesn't open your email after a certain amount of time, you send them an email saying, hey, like, feel free to unsubscribe. It actually will serve you better not to have these dead leads on your list than to have them there. And so cleaning your list that way is a really important part of email performance. Segmenting your list. So, you know, I own and run an e-commerce company. 
Um, we send anywhere from two to four different email campaigns a week. There aren't that many people who are getting all four of them. Everyone's getting one, um, but it really depends on your level of engagement with the campaigns um, that determines how many you get. There's a very small list of people who open 50% of our emails who will get all four of those messages and a much larger list of people who will only get one. Okay, so this is your company, uh, Inspired, right? So this is mm-hmm. a jewelry company. Uh, it's based in the branding of, you know, helping women feel like goddesses, empowering mm-hmm. women. Is this the company, is this the example that you said where you grew up from zero to 100,000? Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's use this as a case study. So how did you... You know, was it the promotional pop-up? Was it something else? Was it, you know, sending them a PDF with, you know, details? Was it taking the quiz? How did you get this list built? It was the quiz. So first of all, the heart of this brand is this concept of goddess. It was that we had this jewelry company that was built around empowerment and we didn't have this winning product that was converting. So we kind of audited the space, saw this opportunity in these gold coin pendant necklaces and noticed that among the competitor set serving this product category, they were all like these depictions of men. So like St. Christopher and Julius Caesar and like, you know, women are walking around with these coins of men. And it it wasn't this kind of niche thing. It's like very widespread Bulgari and Cartier and all these major jewelers. So we were like, well, we need to put women's faces on this. And then the question was like, how do we get our users to choose which woman? And so we're like, we'll build this like BuzzFeed personality quiz that connects you to your inner goddess. And really it has turned into this like amazing lead generator because it's so expensive to get leads on Facebook. Um, Every time you bring someone to your website from Facebook, it costs you money. So your goal with that first touch from a Facebook lead is to get their email address. And the quiz is a really phenomenal way to do that. So you go through this quiz, you answer a series of questions about your personality, who you are and what you stand for and, you know, the kind of people that you like to interact with. And at the end of it, we're like, okay, well, before we give you a result, you know, give us your email. It's kind of feels like a fair trade, right? We've given you this delightful experience. You're discovering something about yourself. You'll give us your email. And then they get to this like results page that tells them. Let's take a step back really quick. How do you Mm -hmm. get them to the website? Is that Facebook ads? Is that something else? It's a whole funnel. It's Facebook ads. It is Instagram influencers. It is uh, social marketing in general. One interesting example is TikTok, really quickly emerging platform, um, not commerce oriented at all. People aren't on TikTok like with any sort of commerce or purchasing behavior. All of our ads around like this necklace has been reviewed by Vogue and, you know, it's been worn by Miley Cyrus and like you should buy this necklace. That doesn't work there. The quiz really works because it's interactive. It is like this millennialized Gen Z content that is like really fun and delightful. And like, that is a very top, top, top of funnel acquisition play. There's not a cut and dry answer. Like this is the winning platform. Like let's pour all our money here. We're acquiring customers on all of them and they're all different customers and they all have value. That's awesome. That's a great answer. So let's, let's talk about Facebook for a second. These are not warm leads. These are people searching for their feed. They're not there to buy something, but Mm -hmm. you are able to target 
the people who would likely be interested in this product. So what sort of ad, because if it's a Pinterest ad, it's more of a shopping environment, like maybe that's, you know, more of a conversion ad where you're giving a promo or something like that. What are you doing on Facebook or what are you doing at the very top of the funnel outside of TikTok? The top of funnel message for us is which goddess are you? It's this question of self-discovery. And frankly, like the whole thesis of our brand moving forward is there are so many other elements of your personality that we can help you discover and customize like corresponding product to beyond just which goddess you are. And I think like astrology is a very obvious answer. You know, everyone has an astrological sign. It says something about you. People are really interested in discovering what makes them unique and special. That question and all the permutations of that question, who's your inner goddess, which God, like we've tested all of those, but that is the top of funnel message. It's like, come discover something about yourself and that resonates with this like core millennial audience who I think are looking for not just like another random apparel or accessories brand. They're really looking for something that like has a deeper meaning and more resonance. So that's what we found has been the most effective. So at the top of funnel, you're not even advertising the product necessarily. You're trying to offer you know, a piece of entertainment or value or something intriguing to bring them into the funnel. And then that's when you start marketing the product to them, letting them know kind of what you're selling. That's right. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So let's go back to email marketing. So finally you get them there. They take the quiz. What's your email flow like? What are the, using this, uh, your company as an example, you know, what are the segmentations? What's the, you know, relationship between value-based emails uh, and sales-based emails? Kind of how does that work? What's your philosophy there? A work in progress, I'll preface that with, because there's all of this like urgency to make the sale, right? So at first we were like, we're going to hit you with your quiz result. And then we're going to hit you with like a discount. And then we're going to remind you of that discount, kind of beat you over the head um, with this, with this sale message. It's not appealing. No one wants to be spoken to that way. Um, it's really off-putting when you walk into a store and there's someone like following you around and hounding you trying to get you to buy something. It makes it less desirable. Uh, so we have worked and continue to work on infusing that drip with actually valuable content for our users. So we are experts at a few things. We're experts at like creating quality jewelry, at taking care of quality jewelry, at you know, styling it. Um, and so, you know, we want to like be a place where people like are reading our content because it's actually giving them value and it increases our authority as a, as a merchant and as an organization. And it's a list that you want to stay on. So it's a fine line. You don't want to like keep someone hanging on forever and, and not make the sale. You're spending all this money to create this content in the first place. You have to pay for it somehow. But um, you also, you know, if you become a brand that's only known for a sale message or for like a promotional message, you also lose your authority and your voice. I think every marketer and brand has to figure out what that perfect conversation with their customer looks like. So now you came up with a marketing plan. What did that marketing plan include how was it prioritized? Do you start with email? Do you start with the blog? Do you start with Facebook ads? Do you do it all at the same time? How did you approach that? And what was the rollout? 
you know, email is something that will just kind of scale. All of it scales over time. Obviously, you need to get people to the site first. And so I think making an early investment in Facebook and starting to tinker with like what works and what doesn't and like what is actually driving traffic is important. What makes that process even better, though, is if you can go to Facebook and upload a list of hundreds of customers and say, these are people who have already bought Facebook, find me audiences that look like these people. So it's like kind of all this one funnel ecosystem that feeds itself. I'd say like minimally table stakes. It's like, once you start seeing people converting, feed that data back to Facebook and say, okay, Facebook, you've been like prospecting all of these people. Let's zero in on the people who are actually working for us and and get more value out of that spend. So those are probably the two Facebook and email are probably where I would start totally dependent on your business. We have a, uh, a golf training product company. We're going, we're going to call Why Golf. And it's essentially the positioning is saying golf is the most ridiculous fucking sport in the world. It is so difficult. Why do people play it? Why are they so obsessed with it? And just appealing to the absurdity of it, creating a community around being able to laugh at yourself, that sort of thing is the positioning. We don't know what the tagline is, but it's going to answer that question. So, and, it, and this is a service or it's a, like, it's a media. So it's a series of golf training products. It's called cool. Pro Transition Now. We're changing it to Y Golf. We're, cool. doing, we're going into the branding. We've done all the strategy. We have a good sense of like I what's going to resonate with these people. And so, yeah, it's really just putting that absurdity out there and, and talking in a wee voice and laughing at yourself, right? So... The question is going to market with a marketing plan. You know, there's Facebook ads going to, you know, a web page to collect email marketing. So how would you like approach creating a marketing plan based on what you're saying to drive sales of this product? You got to start with the capture on your site. You have to have a way to capture these leads. Otherwise, like the Facebook spend will burn out this startup, this concept, like before you can get it off the ground. For a new product, especially, it may take you five or 10 touch points with a user to get them to convert. And if each one of those you're paying for via Facebook, you will have like a negative ROI. So you got to make sure that when people come to your site, you can get them on an email list and you can continue your messaging with them afterwards. So then the question is like, what's that hook that's going to get people over to your site? And I think like the most, most, most important thing to do when you're coming up with that hook is to have a couple options. You've got to have a strong hypothesis you're testing. The message that's going to hook people is like, golf is this absurd thing. Why play it? We have the answer for you. Click here. There's got to be an alternate take to that message, right? Maybe it's like, ever wonder why old people golf? There's a reason for it. Click here. I don't know. A couple permutations of that message with a clear hypothesis. You're going to test these messages next to each other. One of them is going to perform better and you've got to be able to answer why. It's because this voice resonates more with like the audience that we want. It's because we're asking a question versus telling them and like questions seem to be performing better for this audience. I don't know, but every time you are setting up a new campaign or like a new ad to test, you have to have some sort of hypothesis you're testing so you can always be refining and, you know, getting a better investment on that. And then you 
just have to test and iterate and be really thoughtful about like what's working and what's not working. So do you think I'm the pairing the pairing is like Facebook and then email capture at least to start and, and test and build and, and start to drive sales. And then a part of email capture is really knowing what is it that we're providing value on? Obviously, like a promo is something you can really figure out, but like, where's the value coming from? Are there any other ways you provide value? Yeah, there's all different ways you can position your list and the content you're giving people as value. For example, our community uh, is really excited every time that uh, we announce a new goddess is being added. It's like the most engagement we can possibly get is to say like, who would you like us to add to our goddess collection next? And we get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of suggestions, people writing essays, nominating different women. So on our email capture, we added, you know, sign up to be the first to know when new goddesses are released because we knew that was something that like our community was really excited about. So part of it is like over time, you learn which hook does better and you can A-B test that. All these pop-ups that you can lay on top of your site have A-B testing. You should test some different copy and see, is it like get insider golf tips delivered to your mailbox? Is that the hook that gets more people to sign up? Is it be the first to know when like a new video drops or adding some sort of like element of exclusivity and early access is a message I've seen work a lot. Get, you know, exclusive discounts works as well. Uh, So it's about testing. If I've learned one thing, it's you have to test all the time and you have to be actually thoughtful about your test. I've run a lot of different experiments where it's like, okay, copy A outperformed copy B, but like what does that mean for us? Like, yeah, yeah. That this sentence resonates more. Like, those aren't like reproducible results and it doesn't lead us to another experiment. So, there has to be some sort of underlying hypothesis. And you like Shopify. That's what you like to build sites on. My company's built on Shopify. I wouldn't have done it another way. Actually, when we first went to market, we built a custom site, which was like a huge mistake. And I had a co-founder of mine was like really adamant about the fact that, you know, all of these huge retailers that we aspire to be, they all have custom tech stacks. And like, if we want to be them, we should make an early investment in custom. That was five years ago before the like proliferation of the Shopify app store, which is just the most phenomenal place on the internet. If you ask someone like me that, you know, you can really like add an entire department of your organization in terms of functionality to your website with a single click. We added an app relatively recently called Lifetimely and you plug it in within an hour. It gives you full waterfall graphing of all your customer lifetime value, like full upsell visibility into like what products people are going to buy next and when they're going to buy it. And I have a person on my team who came from a huge legacy retailer and she's like, we would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and like full teams of people to build this service that we literally just added to our website in a half hour. So I will grandstand all day about Shopify and what an amazing platform it is. I will say like, you know, I've talked to some people at larger retailers who are toying with the idea of switching to Shopify and they aren't able to make it work for like various like silly nuances. Like they operate a global business in multiple countries and like Shopify doesn't support like translations well or 
there's like certain restrictions with fulfillment on Shopify, whatever. But I'd say like, if you are anywhere in like the small, medium business size, I would not consider anything but Shopify at this point. And then in terms of the website, so you know, working within the plugins, working within the templates, that sort of thing. First of all, I totally agree. I built a custom website for Gush and it's a fucking nightmare to try and get any changes made. Um, And it was made in this obscure like CMS or I I don't even know what to call it. It sucks. So we're, we're just going to redo it on, uh, (laughs) I don't know, some, some really basic thing like cargo, but when it comes to optimizing your site, because there's a lot of optimization that could be done to increase conversions on your site. Is that just a matter of A-B testing, trying out landing pages, uh, updating copy, visuals, all that sort of thing to improve the checkout flow? In terms of checkout specifically, what's pretty special about Shopify is how inflexible their checkout is. It's really the one place where they've been like, we know that this is the checkout flow that works and you can change the font and you can change the colors, but like you can't change anything else because like this actually works and they iterate on it all the time. Um, And it's kind of the beauty of being on Shopify is that like, you know, that piece of the funnel is like the best it can be for the most part. So the rest of the site is really up for grabs at that point. And there's various different kinds of optimizations. Um, We're in the process of doing a full site refresh right now where like the entire site will flip on its head. I don't particularly recommend that people do that. Definitely not often because you don't collect enough data, but we've gotten to the point now where we've collected all this data about our customers and about how they feel about the brand and the aesthetic of the brand that they respond to where we're like, we've accumulated enough changes we're confident in that we're going to invest in this full refresh. Um, And so I guess play it by ear is my favorite go-to phrase. It's just like, if there's the momentum to do this more like monumental change to your site and you have the data to back it up, go for it. If not, take this more incremental approach and, you know, use all the different tools, convert and optimize lead and Google optimized like AB test different experiences. It can be a whole landing page. You know, the classic one is people talk about like button color and how like button color is like this very like secret conversion driver. If you find the right color of your button, like sure, test that too. Um, I haven't grown my business to a place where I feel like it's worth the time to test things that small, but I've worked at businesses that are at that point and it really comes down to like the amount of traffic you're able to drive. You also have to think in order to run an experiment that will give you a significant result, like statistically significant, you need a certain amount of traffic to have interacted with it. And depending on how big your business is or how like much traffic you're able to generate, that can take weeks. So then you're getting to the point like there's only 52 weeks in the year. You know, if each experiment takes two weeks to run, you know, we're down to 26 experiments. Like what actually do we want to be testing? Um, So there's limited bandwidth as well. Dude, this has been tremendously helpful. The way I like to end is just to ask if there's any piece of advice that's helped you along the way that you want to impart on me uh, any hard lessons you learn, just, just leaving me with something you've already given like an insane amount, but if there's anything else, shoot it oh, my way. Thank you, Tim. The one piece of advice that I go back to all the time on this journey of starting a company, um, is that if you can visualize a graph in your head, the trajectory of a startup is a squiggly line 
that goes upward. And on, you know, the X axis, you have time. And on the Y axis, you have success or scale or whatever you're measuring. And your happiness as a founder is usually determined by the slope of that line. So if even though, you know, you may be a lot higher on the Y axis now than you were a few months ago, if you're on a downward, it's going to feel shitty. And I'm always reminding myself of that chart. And I'm like, look at where you are on the chart. You're on a down, but you're much higher than you were before. And, and that's what you signed up for. So that's my word of advice to everyone is like, take stock of where you really are in that grand scheme of, of your success. And I assure you that the fire you're putting out today will, you know, seem really minor in, in the grand scope of what you're building. Dude. This has been so tremendously helpful. I know anybody listening will benefit so much from this. Very practical advice given. Um, yeah, man, I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Tim. Thanks Thank for the opportunity, you. man. It was great to speak with you. You too, dude. You too. We have a client where I may be using uh, email marketing and suggesting email marketing, um, and I will be using all of Mac's tips and tricks. It's, it's invaluable. Hopefully you got as much out of it as I did because I got a lot. Anyways, until next time.